Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to thepetecalendarshow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. John Pedorts is the editor at uh, Commentary Magazine, commentary.org. October 7th, 2023, that is the single day on which more Jews died and were wounded than any other since the Nazi death camps. Death tolls now over 900. It's been called an intelligence failure. There's going to be time for all of that examination, right? Who, who missed what signals and whatever. Pedoritz points out, though, that nobody, he gives this analogy of, you know, somebody having, you know, left the door unlocked and somebody breaks into the house, you know, opens the front door, murders the guy's family. He's going to live with that for the rest of his life. But he's not guilty of the crime. The murderer is the criminal. The task for Israel now is to destroy Hamas. Destroy it. Like, wipe it from the face of the earth. Destroy it. I don't know if it can be done. The task is clear, though. This was one of the bloodiest pogroms in human history. Also noticing a lot of progressives really quiet on the uh, social media front. People that were so highly tuned to spot all the Nazis everywhere, somehow or another, couldn't make it to their screens to condemn the extermination of Jews in their Lifetime. It's pretty amazing. Um, But no, no, I will continue to trust them to tell me what Nazis are. There's no difference here, even numerically, from the horrifyingly countless stories of the Nazi forces that would move into a town in, say, Poland, round up the Jews, make them dig a trench, and then shoot them dead and throw them in the trench. That's what we saw this weekend. This is the equivalent. It's even more brutal. Hamas has to be destroyed. The problem is that destroying Hamas may require the country to do something it does not want to do, which is reoccupy Gaza. They don't want it. They don't want to be there. In 2005, Ariel Sharon was like, oh, you want us out? Bye. That solution worked, but not for the long term because of the development of the astonishing Iron Dome system that prevented Hamas rockets fired from Gaza from inflicting mass damage on Israel. That's the only reason it has worked. But it's not long-term, obviously. Israelis have, have become uh, so secure, they feel so safe now from Hamas's rockets that in the past year, get this, every single Saturday night, tens of... To hundreds of thousands of Israelis have been gathering in the same places to stage political protests in Tel Aviv. And they are completely assured of their safety, their collective presence that would not be disrupted by some murderous barrage from Gaza. That's what the Iron Dome gave them. And even they forgot, right? This is what I meant earlier when I said, you know, we forget these lessons. The world is governed by the aggressive use of force. Land is taken by those with more might. You may not like it. I may not like it. But that's true. Someone comes in, 
They take it from you, and then they have to have the power and strength to keep it. Thousands of Hamas terrorists use their rockets as mostly decoys. Hamas is better than Israel thought it was, right? The operation this weekend showed that. Question, will Iran trigger Hezbollah? Will they will they make Hezbollah go operational, flip the switch there just beyond Israel's northern border to fire off its hundreds of thousands of buried rockets to initiate a, a two-front war? That's possible. Let me go over here and get Gary on. Hello, Gary. Welcome to the show. Hey, Pete. Hey. Thanks, sir. Appreciate it. Uh, what I was wanting to know and what I mentioned earlier is I drive around all day a lot of time to think is we, that money has not been appropriated to Iran yet. Why can't we get it back if, we, if it's in the hands of friendly? Say, hey, give us this money back. It's going to help the fight against whoever is going to attack you. Good question. Um, we have not moved to freeze any of their assets. The European Union did. They, they beat us on this. The European Union actually is, is moving faster on this stuff than we are. And, um, and From my understanding, it's being held in a bank in Dubai. Yeah. If they're our friends, and they're the friends of the Israelis, which I'm not, I don't know if they are or not, but that money should come back to us. We should reappropriate it immediately to their defense. So it's not outright. So that's the thing is it's not our money. This was Iranian money that got frozen so it's their money so that and that's one of the things that all of the defenders of these jihadists will say uh these iranian poli- uh, apologists will say oh well, it's not our money we're not funding them it's just their money g- that's being unfrozen so it is their money but but we i have to, I, we need I, to act right now to, to freeze that money again right i would i would think so i would think that would be one of the first things you do is you lock down all of the financing of these terror networks, and Iran is one of them. And also, by the way, our energy policy might have something to do with their ability to rake in billions and billions and billions of dollars by selling oil, you know. Um, I'm just spitballing on that one. But This is a lot deeper than what you're going to find on your on your big three media stations. Oh, yeah. Hope everybody's got their eyes open. And we appreciate you being out there. Yeah, no, I appreciate you too, Gary. Thanks, man. All right. Oh, bye. Yes, sir. Take it easy. Um yeah, look, I I am not, I mean, I know you may think that I went from being an expert on uh, what uh, uh, submarines and submersibles and then to becoming a, an expert on uh, Ukraine uh, and Russian history. And now it's Israeli-Palestinian conflict and all I'm not, right? I, I'm not an expert, but I know, I know what an atrocity is. I know what that looks like, you know? That's a pretty clear line for me. You running around, raping women, beheading people, videotaping their deaths, your brutality, posting it to their social media profiles so their families can see you do these things to them, can see them getting murdered. I know, I know what's right. That's a universal bad right there on you. That is evil. What you're doing is evil. And if you're attaching that to a a theocratic system, well, then I might have some thoughts about your system. 
Young children and elderly grandparents were among the more than 100 hostages being held as human shields by Hamas. Families have described the horror of only discovering their loved ones had been snatched by viewing chilling videos posted on social media by their gloating kidnappers. Gunmen went door to door to round up whole families as they sheltered from a barrage of rockets that got fired into their homes. The Hamas terrorists, these jihadists, they would go into they would go to a house. They would shoot an RPG, a rocket propelled grenade into the house to blow up the house, to set it on fire, because they knew that a lot of these uh, houses have shelters downstairs. They build them because of the attacks of the jihadists. So they build safe rooms, bunkers. When they blow up the house, the house is now on fire. The family comes out and they shoot them dead. And you'll hear from the Hamas apologists. They'll say, oh, well, we don't have those kinds of bomb shelters in Gaza. They're dropping their bombs on us, and now we can't do anything because we don't have the we don't have the uh, the fallout shelters. Do you know why? Because Israel doesn't launch rockets on top of your heads all the time. They're not constantly bombing you guys. And if you stopped shooting rockets into their country, they would never they would never do anything into your country or your uh, your land into the Gaza Strip. They would never even go there. Why would they? You want to kill them. They're not, they have no interest in being there. They gave you the freaking territory. And you just use it to attack them. So then they, then they have to drop bombs on you. Why don't you use some of the money that has been freed up? And I said, you know, we are funding the Palestinians too. America gives them money. But it's not enough, Pete. We give Israel more. Yeah, you know what? I look at from a value judgment perspective. Yes, there is there there does seem to be one side that's a little bit more on the good side and another side that's not so much on the good side. In fact, I'll let Sam Harris explain. And he's an atheist. This isn't even a religious argument. Hey, so real quick, hurricane season is here, and this is your reminder to check your emergency supplies. You should have a three-day supply of food, water, and medicines, minimum. And Carolina Readiness Supply can help you get started or expand your supply. Food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies too, because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you can use for any kind of emergency. Whether you're an experienced prepper or you have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. In Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Um, all right, Sam Harris. It's one of these intellectual types. I think that's actually on his business cards as like, in, you know, cultural intellectual or something. And uh, he is—he's an atheist, and he's done a series of uh, talks and debates because that's what intellectuals do, I guess. I think he may be a professor or something. But I came across this clip, and this is him talking about the the ethics of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Okay? And again, this is from an atheist, so there's no, like, religiosity being brought into any of this. There's no, you know, going back to the sacred texts or anything like that. He, he disagrees with all of the organized religions, doesn't believe any of them. The truth is, is that there is an obvious 
undeniable and hugely consequential moral difference between Israel and her enemies. The Israelis are surrounded by people who have explicitly genocidal intentions towards them. The Charter of Hamas is explicitly genocidal. It looks forward to a time based on Quranic prophecy when the earth itself will cry out for Jewish blood, where the trees and the stones will say, O oh Muslim, there's a Jew behind me, come and kill him. This is a political document. We are talking about a government that was voted into power by a majority of Palestinians. The discourse in the Muslim world about Jews is utterly shocking. Not only is there widespread Holocaust denial, there's Holocaust denial that then asserts, we will do it for real if given the chance. The only thing more obnoxious than denying the Holocaust is to say that it should have happened. It didn't happen, but if we get the chance, we will accomplish it. There are children's shows in the Palestinian territories and elsewhere that teach five-year-olds about the glories of martyrdom and about the necessity of killing Jews. And this gets to the heart of the moral difference between Israel and her enemies. And this is something I discussed in The End of Faith. To see this moral difference, you have to ask what each side would do if they had the power to do it. What would the Jews do to the Palestinians if they could do anything they wanted? Well, we know the answer to that question, because they can do more or less anything they want. The Israeli army could kill everyone in Gaza tomorrow. So what does that mean? Well, it means that when they drop a bomb on a beach and kill four Palestinian children, as happened last week, this is almost certainly an accident. They're not targeting children. They could target as many children as they want. Every time a Palestinian child dies, Israel edges ever closer to becoming an international pariah. So the Israelis take great pains not to kill children and other non-combatants. Now, what do we know of the Palestinians? What would the Palestinians do to the Jews in Israel if the power imbalance were reversed? Well, they have told us what they would do. For some reason, Israel's critics just don't want to believe the worst about a group like Hamas, even when it declares the worst of itself. We've already had a Holocaust and several other genocides in the 20th century. People are capable of committing genocide. When they tell us they intend to commit genocide, we should listen. There is every reason to believe that the Palestinians would kill all the Jews in Israel if they could. Would every Palestinian support genocide? Of course not. But vast numbers of them, and of Muslims throughout the world, would. Needless to say, Palestinians in general, and not just Hamas, have a history of targeting innocent non-combatants in the most shocking ways possible. They've blown themselves up on buses and in restaurants. They've massacred teenagers. They've murdered Olympic athletes. They now shoot rockets indiscriminately into civilian areas. And again, the charter of their government in Gaza explicitly tells us that they want to annihilate the Jews, not just in Israel, but everywhere. So, proportional response. This is what you want. This is what you want to do with, to the Jews. The Jews should have the ability to act in a proportionate manner. No? By the way, just saw this on Fox News. Hamas is, uh, well, first they were threatening to start executing all of the hostages. Americans very well might be among them. We don't know. Um, but they are open to a truce, everybody. Oh, isn't that, uh, yeah, completely freaking predictable. They do this all the time. They do it all the time. And by the way, this is spelled out in their religious texts. This is the way you do it. Like, oh, we're going to ask for a truce, which just means 
uh, I, I can get enough time to uh, reload and restock my supplies because I have no more rockets because I shot them all. That's all this is. This is the same pattern, and it has worked repeatedly for them. Israel needs to just say, no, there's no more truce. Those days are over. You had your chance to live in peace. You chose poorly. I kind of get the feeling like wheels are now in motion. Things are in motion, and we are not going to, I think we'll probably mark this weekend as sort of a before and after, much like 9-11. I mean, this was Israel's 9-11. They actually suffered a greater loss as a proportion of their total population. A thousand people now is the death toll. It's over a thousand. Probably going to go even higher. Um, it's the worst military outcome in its history. People are going to be asking how it happened. The failures and such. There's a report that Egypt had told Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu uh, about how there's something going to happen. Netanyahu says that's not true. We haven't spoken to Egypt at all. Nobody from there has talked to us, so he denies that. Um, this is from Mark. I have a hard time understanding how Jewish people can still continue to vote for Democrats when they're not vehemently speaking out about this atrocity, and even some want to do the same things that have never worked to try to appease the two groups. Um, what the caller, what that earlier caller was saying, what happened in Canada by Trudeau uh, did to the fringe minority froze their bank accounts. Right. So, uh, oh, and I did get a message on that because somebody asked about that. The $6 billion, uh, John, thank you. John says uh, that $6 billion was in South Korean banks. I thought they were in Dubai. Um, as soon as it was unfrozen, Iran withdrew it. They took the money before they released the American prisoners. Um, Bob says, so keeping $6 billion in U.S. Or $6 billion in Iranian assets is somehow the equivalent of the massacre of Israelis in Gaza. That reminds me of the bankers in Europe that funded the Nazis with German assets after the Holocaust became known. Money is fungible. Do not be deceived. That is correct. It's one of the stupidest arguments I have seen in the aftermath of the atrocity this weekend. Is that somehow or another... The money, the the yeah, the money that Iran got back, the six billion dollars in assets that were unfrozen, as well as all of the other billions of dollars that you know this administration, prior administrations, the well, one specifically Obama, um, that this that the money somehow was not to be used for anything other than food and relief, humanitarian supplies. They can't use it for any kind of terrorist activities. First off, we know that that's a lie by their own mouths or words because the emails that have now come out show that Blinken and the internal deliberation that occurred before the prisoner exchange, the payoff, the ransom gets paid, before that happened, they were like, well, we really can't tell. You know, we, you know, we can't say that the money's not going to go back to, you know, to fund Hezbollah or... Hamas or terrorist activities, because of course you can't. Uh, number two, 
all funds are fungible. They're just different pockets in the same set of pants. If Iran is spending a billion dollars, let's say, on uh, on food for its people, and you free up $6 billion and make sure it's only for food, like, okay, well, now we're going to take the billion we were spending on food. We'll take this billion that you just gave us. We'll spend that billion on food. So we check your little box there. Oh, but now we've got the original billion that's freed up. And now we can send some more rockets to Hezbollah in Lebanon. Right? That's all money is fungible. Um, what else here we go? Oh, Jay says it's uh, the country is pronounced gutter. I always found that to be a bit insulting. So I try to go with the correct pronunciation because you know me. I'm, you know, I'm a giver like that. I try to I blend in with my surroundings, you know. So I, I try to go with a gutter. As I think that's as they pronounce it. Um, coexist uh, bumper stickers. We coexist. This is Jay. We coexist in this world because we have superior firepower, but we are less likely by the day to use it due to our current path. Uh, John says, how many Hamas terrorists have come across the wide open southern border in the last three years and are forming sleeper cells just waiting to be activated? I uh, a couple weeks ago or months ago now, I guess it was, I interviewed Dr. William Forstian. We talked about his new book um, in the uh, One Second After series, uh, but also uh, about Gettysburg. But he had another book called Day of Wrath. And it it gained out this entire scenario, but in America, targeting schools. If you don't know what happened in Beslan in Russia with the Chechen rebels, quote unquote, they're jihadists. And what they did to kids at that school, televised. The Americans are not prepared to see the, uh, the, the stuff that is being documented now. This is why I say, like, there, at the very beginning, I said there is, a, there is just an instinctive response to look away from these atrocities. But you must know them. We all must know them. We have to know the enemy. This is their worldview. This is what they will do. You may not be able to comprehend that kind of evil and abuse, but they fantasize about it. Uh, let's go over here to Chris. Hello, Chris. Welcome to the program. Hey, Pete. Hey. Thanks. What's up? Um, I mean, this is just truly horrible, and they're, you know, it is probably the start of a chain of events that are going to turn, you know, the pages of history um, and go down to something truly, truly horrible. But uh, I, I really don't see a course of action for Israel other than, you know, scorched earth. There's, there, there is no other way to make it stop, and even that's probably going to drag everybody into it. Right, that's the question, right, is how far do they go and at what point does it prompt the worldwide response or the the Arab nation response, right? Do they do, does do they go too far, whatever that is? And I'm I'm hard pressed to determine where that line would be. Um, but where is too far, and then that prompts violence from other nations, um, specifically Iran, right? I mean, that would be the first one. Maybe Iraq too. I don't know. 
I, I don't think there is a point now where anybody can turn back. I think the events are already set into motion. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, and I mean, honestly, it has me worried, um, rightfully so. But they're justified in pretty much whatever means they use uh, to retaliate. Yeah. Uh, Chris, I appreciate the call, buddy. Thanks. Thank you. All right, see ya. Um, buy guns, buy ammo, buy food, buy water. Be prepared. Israel's telling its population, have a three-day supply of food and water. Make make sure your your fallout shelters, your bunkers are stocked. They also have been repealing their gun control laws because had they had an armed population, because Israel has very strict gun laws, a lot of people think that they got guns all over the place. No, the IDF does, the police do, and all that. But civilian ownership of firearms, not so much. Very strict gun laws. Laws that look almost like California had and New York had before Supreme Court cases. So they've started rescinding the a lot of the gun control laws. In fact, one of the stories from that concert was that one of the guys uh, that was at the concert ended up taken one of the guns from one of the terrorists and then used it on the terrorists. Imagine what could have been had more people been armed. All right, you may have noticed that I've been helping the Alzheimer's Association of Western North Carolina for a while, and it's a great organization. they got awesome people with huge hearts. My grandfather died of Alzheimer's when I was a kid, and back then there wasn't a lot of support for caregivers and family. Now, things are different today thanks to the work of the Alzheimer's Association. That's why I support them. Every year we do a series of walks all over the country. There are a bunch in the Carolinas. You can go to alz.org slash walk for a walk to end Alzheimer's near you. This month, there are walks in Hendersonville, Rock Hill, Mooresville, Greenville. And in October, we got Charlotte, Gastonia, Asheville, Kannapolis, Hickory, and Spartanburg. Go to alz.org for all of the dates and locations. We're closer than ever to stopping Alzheimer's, and we're asking if you can help us get there. Will you walk with me for a different future for families? For more time, for treatments, this is why we walk. Uh, let me get to a couple last emails here. Uh, Dennis says, I'm having a hard time trying to reconcile Biden giving $8 billion to Iran, then Iran immediately orchestrates attacks on Israel. And bribing Biden says he wants to support Israel's defense efforts against Iran. Isn't that like lighting a fire and then calling the fire department? You start the problem, then say you want to support fixing it. That's the Democrat mantra. Right, so... Part of the problem is we don't know what we don't know, not to get all Rumsfeldy in here. Uh, we don't know what we don't know. We don't know the motivations for the real motivations for all of the people involved in setting the course with regards to Iran policy. Because to me, it sure seems like there is a, a desire to allow Iran to become a regional power based on this old idea that if you can create this uh this the, like a like a bipolar system like two poles you know that counter like a cold war kind of a deal and then you can get Russia and Iran and China and they're on one side and then all the good countries are on the other side like that kind of a thing um but I don't know I don't know if that's true I mean, I'm not in those rooms Tommy Vietor does not uh, loop me in on this stuff, uh, nor did Obama for some reason. 
Stan says, all I can say about the current events going on in the world right now is imagine how bad it would be if the adults weren't in charge. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Stan. Uh, this is from Tim. I saw the neocons out in force this weekend on the boob tube. They were ecstatic, probably for the following. More money for the military-industrial complex, more money for Israel, more money for Ukraine, tied to the money for Israel. Distraction from the invasion of our southern border by millions, many who are combat-age males from countries. I don't – okay, so I disagree with that. I, like, I think the border problem is going to be a lot bigger of a problem for Joe Biden now because of the nature of this attack. Um, distraction from the Biden crime family problems. Uh, Kevin McCarthy announcing that he will try to regain the House Speaker position. Um, the crowd cheers. The American people lose. War is the health of the state. Quote Randolph Bourne. So, look, all of those things, yeah, people can be motivated by all of those things. I can tell you I'm not. What I'm motivated by is watching the atrocities come out of Israel. What I saw, what I saw demands a response. If that was my country, I would demand a response. Mike, welcome to the program. Hey, Mike. Hi, Pete. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a little concerned about our strategic oil reserves being depleted so much if we needed them to uh, protect ourselves. Well, it's a good thing that uh, Biden drained it all the way down. So uh, there, yeah. there'd be no doubt whether we have enough. We definitely don't. <laughs> it's the lowest it's ever been. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why. Plus, yeah. I'm one, I was also wondering about how many of those uh, rockets that hit Israel came from our supply that was taken out of Afghanistan. So I have seen a report, not rockets, but the uh, the firearms. There have been okay. some of our firearms have been spotted, the ones out of Afghanistan. And if that's true, I don't know if it's true or not, uh, but if it is true, how would they have made it into Gaza? Probably Iran, you know? Oh, sure. So, sure. yeah, that's a, just all around really a bang-up operation by the Biden team. Uh, Mike, I appreciate the call. Yes, sir. I got to run. I appreciate the call. Yeah, I mean, there's just, look, I don't have the answers to this. I'm not going to solve the, the conflict. All I know is what I saw demands a response. And I'm hard pressed to set some sort of a limit on how Israel responds. But right now, you're already starting to see it. The calls for truce, a peace deal, everybody, let's do a ceasefire. And uh, no. I think that I think that ship sailed. I'll see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.